to brothers of the word because brother you need the word amen amen and today and, and i didn't realize even as god spoke that brother you need the word when we had the recent seminar it was some people who had come here from a very very long distance and they said, I've been watching you on TV for a long time. And they said, the main thing I want, she, they said, can you just do that, brother? You need the word for me. So, <laughs> so it does stick with people. But today we're going to be studying from the book of 2 Corinthians, 8th chapter, beginning at the 18th verse. And, and you can just listen as I read, because I'm going to be reading the New Living Translation version today, so that you can understand it a little bit clearer. 2 Corinthians 8 chapter beginning at the 18th verse new living translation we are also sending another brother with titus he is highly praised in all the churches as a preacher of the good news he was appointed by the churches to accompany us as we take the offering to jerusalem a service that glorifies the lord and shows our eagerness to help by traveling together, we will guard against any suspicion, for we are anxious that no one should find fault with the way that we are handling this generous gift. We are careful to be honorable before the Lord, but we also want everyone else to know we are honorable. And we are also sending with them another brother who has been thoroughly tested and has shown how earnest he is on many occasions. He is now even more enthusiastic because of his increased confidence in you. And today I want to talk from the subject of unquestionable integrity. Unquestionable integrity. And this really, it, 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 it sort of stems from, from recently. I found out that the university, Northwestern University Office for Research Integrity, they had taken one of my quotes and made it basically the theme for their department. And for those of you who are familiar with Northwestern University, you know, that's, that's a huge university complex and they have a tremendous research department there. And on their Office of Research Integrity website, they have my quote at the top of every single page. And, and, the, and the quote, it reads, no one will question your integrity if your integrity is not questionable. And they took this quote, and actually I published it in a Mountain Wings issue, and, and people read Mountain Wings in all walks of life, all levels, all over the world, so evidently someone at Northwestern in that department read Mountain Wings, and, and they chose to make that particular quote the theme for their department. Because when doing research, oftentimes the integrity of the researcher and the integrity of the research comes into play. And, and people will question the research. So basically they wanted to use that quote and, and, and it says basically that no one will question your integrity if your integrity is not questionable. And do you know sometimes some of us can develop a questionable reputation as far as integrity goes. There are some people who, whose integrity is so solid that, that you don't even question them. And yet there are other people, if they tell you something, you have to go and check it, even if it seems obvious. You know, because their integrity is questionable. And when you've had, you see, let me tell you how a person's integrity gets to be questionable. It gets to be questionable whenever they have lied to you just once. You know, whenever someone has lied to you just one time, 
you kind of wonder if they're telling you the truth the next time and then the next time. And everything they tell you, you have to put under a magnifying glass because you basically question their integrity. And, and hear what, what Paul was saying. He was saying, look, we're going to send some, we're, we're taking this offering, this generous gift that you've given us. We're going to take this to Jerusalem. But just so you all won't be able to say we did anything unquestionable with the money, we're going to send someone with them. Now, these, understand, these were apostles. These were people who were setting up churches. They, they were, in effect, bishops. They, they were going and, and, and setting up and starting. These were the fundamental foundational apostles of Christianity. And as they were going throughout the land, setting up and teaching and preaching. But yet, Paul said, look, I, I'm going to send some folk with these folk just to make sure that you can't even say we did anything funny with this money. Because Paul knew two things. He first of all knew that people will question money. That's the first thing Paul knew. So he was going to send someone. He said he's sending a brother with him into anything. I mean, he was sending another brother who has earned our trust. So he had them surrounded on both ends by brethren with that money. He knew that people would be questionable whenever someone had a large sum of money going anywhere with it. Paul knew that people would question the money. That's the first thing Paul knew. You all said the first thing. That's the first thing Paul knew. Anytime you are entrusted with a large amount of money, people will have questions about that money. That's the first thing Paul knew. The second thing Paul knew was this. He knew he better send somebody with them with that money. See, see, the second thing that Paul knew, he knew human nature. And here, even, even with Jesus, with his 12 disciples, the very one who betrayed him was the very one who was entrusted with the money. Judas was the treasurer. So Paul knew human nature. And, and Paul knew that if he was sending someone with a huge amount of money, Paul knew that he'd better send somebody along on the left side and on the right side just to make sure that they didn't get tempted with the money. Because what can happen, people? My, my daddy always used to say, he said, you need to put good guidelines and safeguards in place because he said about 25% of the people are just honest. They won't steal. They won't do anything corrupt. They're just honest. He said 25% of the people are just dishonest. They're just looking for an opportunity to rip you off. But he said 50% of the folk, it depends on the circumstances. <laughs> it, it, it really depends on whether the brethren are looking over their shoulder. It depends on the circumstances. So he said that's why you need to have good guidelines in the place because 75% of the folk, it really depends on what's in place and who's looking at them, whether or not they will do something crooked. But you see, no one will ever question your integrity if your integrity is not questionable. And we as the body of Christ need to learn how to have unquestionable integrity. Where when people see you, there's not a question, there's not a doubt in their mind that this is a person that I can trust. Let me tell you how bad it is even in the church. Whenever you go to a large gathering and they call for salvation, what is the other sentence they will put on the end of that as you get ready to come up? Bring your pocketbook. They will tell you 
get up and come on. This is in, look, this is in church. So everyone who is there is in church. But they will universally say, you all get up and come on down. Anyone who wants to receive Jesus, get up and come on down. But when you get up, get your pocketbook. Now, now this is, that you have to learn how to read between the lines. <laughs> what they will say is, get your pocketbook and bring your pocketbook with you. But this is what is between the lines. Because the person who is sitting to the left of you and the person who is sitting to the right of you, even though they're in church, even though they may be, a, even though they may be dressed up, even though they may look like a saint, the person to the left of you and the person to the right of you, you cannot trust them with your pocketbook. So get your pocketbook and come on down and receive Jesus. We need to have unquestionable integrity. Where within the body of Christ, where when people hear that you are a Christian, they need to have unquestionable integrity. Unfortunately, it's just not that way right now. That when people hear that, they don't have some questions. And Paul said, I don't, I don't even want to give the appearance to the people of unquestionable. I want to make sure that there's absolutely no one anywhere that can question anything about this money. And see, just even Paul understood something, even within the church. Do you know you need to be able to have the church records where people can come and look at them if they want to? And I've told, I told you openly before, anyone in this church who wants to come and see every detail of the finances is welcome. But you've got one criteria. You're going to have to be in covenant yourself. So if you're not a tither, don't even ask, because I'm not going to show them to you, because you don't have a right to see them. See, you aren't faithful with your stuff, and you want to come. No. So that first rule is you need to be faithful with your stuff. Because see, folk who are not faithful with that stuff, they like to stir up a whole lot of mess. They just, I just know that just from track record, just dealing with other stuff. Folk who are not faithful with their stuff, well, they just they, they just love. But but anyone who is who is in in covenant, and you want the only thing that you cannot see is you cannot see how much everyone else is given. But I will give you permission if you want to see how much I've given. I, I'll grant you position. Put, you can see that, but no one else. So the church records, even they need to be open. Because the church ought not to have anything to hide. The church records ought to be open so no one can say, I wonder what they are doing with the money. And as long as you are doing what you're supposed to be doing with your money, then you have a right to come and see what is being done with your money within this organization and within this body of Christ. And I just want to give you just kind of a few keys so we can learn to, to develop unquestionable integrity so that without a doubt people have confidence and they have faith just in in us as Christians. John said when the publicans came to him to be baptized and, and they asked him what should they do in Luke 3:13 he says this and he said unto them exact no more than that which is appointed you. Paul told them basically or John told them basically he said look don't take anything that you're not supposed to. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't take what's not yours. See, see, that just that one little rule will go a long way in developing integrity. Just that simple little rule. 
John told the people, look, don't take more than what is appointed unto you. He said, don't take more than what you are supposed to get. Because what was happening, they were going, they would collect the taxes, and they would collect a tax, a, a, a drachma for Caesar, and then a drachma for them. A drachma for Caesar and a drachma for me. And do you know that, that those were the publicans, those were the politicians. Do you know that stuff still going on today? Just even, even in the political realm, if they could just learn from what John said. Don't take what's not yours and don't take what's not appointed unto you. If you're not, don't take, there's some old stuff. See, you all thought this stuff was new among the politicians. This stuff ain't new. It was, the publicans were doing it back then. That's why Paul had to send those brethren along with Titus. Because he knew human nature. So John just told him just that simple thing. And if we learn just that simple piece of information, don't take more than what is appointed unto you. And see, people, this is not, it's not just for politics. It applies to everything. And you find people taking really what they're not supposed to touch in everything. That's what the tithe is about. You're not supposed to touch what you're not supposed to touch. That, 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 that's even what you, you find folk just taking what is not theirs, and, and, and it happens in business. Folk, it happens on the job. You know, folk just taking stuff that's not yours. That's, that's, why, that's why if you go to the police station and you go back in the lockers, all of the police station have locks on the lockers. But don't look down on the police that they have to put locks on their lockers in the police station because you have to take your pocketbook when you come down for salvation in the church. <laughs> and it is because we have questionable integrity and we don't trust people because people have violated our trust. And we need to get back just basic, basic integrity. In Luke 16:10, Jesus says this. He says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Let me read that in the NIV. Whoever can be trusted with a very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with a little will also be dishonest with much. If a man will steal a dime, he'll spend ten million. It's simple as that. If you if he'll steal a dime, he'll take a fortune. If if you can trust a person with just a small amount, you can trust them in, with a large amount. But if you can't trust a man with a few nickels, rest assured you can't trust him with a whole lot because the nature is simply you, you know that that's even we wonder how. Sometimes people get on hard drugs. They get on hard drugs because they've been on soft drugs. Or, or, anytime you, you, you never find someone who just goes out living a clean life and just goes out and goes straight to heroin. You just don't find it. They don't just go out and just take a shot of crack. It doesn't happen like they start with smaller stuff. They first of all start smoking cigarettes. So, so, and, and then, then they'll move on to something. They'll, 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 then they'll go to weed. For y'all who don't know what weed is, you, you just ask your neighbor. First of all, most of you, just ask your neighbor if you don't know what weed is. But, but they just don't go. I know some of y'all out there may be wondering, what is, there's one little old lady back there in the back. What does he mean? But that's about all, just a little old lady in the back. Oh, see, see the, problem, the problem is not only do most of you all know what weed is, but I'm not going to even know that because I'm talking today about integrity. 
I'm talking today about integrity. If you can be trusted with a little, you can be trusted with a lot. And that's why Jesus even said, how, how can, look, if I cannot trust you with unrighteous mammon, then how can I trust you with the true riches of heaven? I, I can't trust you with money. And, and that's why even a lot of the, the basics in the New Testament dealing with integrity, it deals with money. Because if you can't trust a man with money, and usually that integrity, it's an external sign of an internal corruption. But that stuff will usually show up in money. If you track a person and you track that money real good, that stuff will usually show right up just in money. But if you can be trusted with a little, you can be trusted with a lot. And that's a principle just even of, of that integrity. And, and, and when you, if you go and, and you're buying something at a store and someone gives you back too much change, don't, don't go back to my hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> you need to do the honorable thing with integrity. Because that cashier, and, and you never know what, what, what impact it makes on a person when you do, and, and they can see Christian. Folk, to be honest about it, folk don't want to hear you preaching. They, they want to see some stuff. They want to see an example. And that, so if you just get in the small stuff, and, and there are little things. We had an experience, my wife and I, we were out in a, in a large store. And there in, in, in one of the sections, my wife saw someone had, they, you know how when people shop, they pick up, and they had a couple of items, and they had set it down, and there in the midst of it was like two $20 bills. And my wife looked at it, and my wife said, oh my goodness, someone has left their money here. And, and, and she said, I, I don't know what to do. They, they, I, don't, I, I can't take it. I, I just wouldn't touch it. So my wife went over and told one of the sales clerks. And told them that someone had left their money and that they need to put it up and surely they would come back. And, and, and we were walking out and a, and a man came up to me and he said, you know, the clerk that you went and your wife went and told about the money. I said, yeah. He said, I saw them going, pick that money and put that money in their pocket and go on about their business. You never know who's watching you. And you never know the impact of, of what it will make. And see what the man saw. And he, he knew who I was. I didn't even know anybody even saw us. Now, see, if my wife had picked up that money and put that in her pocketbook, then he would have said, look at that. There's the pastor's wife, and she just taking that money. Look at that. And, and you see, people, what we will often do is we'll look around to see it. But, but do you remember what happened to Moses? Moses, before he killed the Egyptian, he said he looked around and no one saw he thought no one saw him, but the whole city knew about the thing. You will think no one sees you when you're messing up with your integrity issues. You'll be surprised who sees you and what an impact it will make when you're supposed to, to be a Christian. And, and to be honest about it, see, if, if you go out and do all that mess, it, it brings a bad light on the ark of salvation. Folks will say, what in the world are they preaching over there with that rascal doing? What, what are they preaching? So, so it brings a, a I'm going to tell y'all right now, if y'all see somebody, that's not me, that's him. Look, look, Jesus couldn't get all the folks straight, so don't blame me, because Jesus couldn't get them all straight. 
So I'm doing the best that I can. But if you all see some awesome salvation members dipping and diving into that, that's not my fault. I told them just like Jesus told us. So I want to let folk out there know if they see any of you all where you're not supposed to be doing stuff that you're not supposed to do, all I can do is tell you the word just like Jesus and the Lord could. That's all I can do. You all said that's all he can do. That's all I can do. But we need to be careful and we need to be cautious of our integrity. And, and see, oftentimes people, let me tell you, see, the higher you go up in society, the blurrier the lines get on integrity. See, if a man goes out to Walmart and steals $5 worth of stuff, he gets locked up, probably put in jail. But yet, another man way up can steal $5 million. He got a good lawyer. Do you know the biggest theft in, in really history was the savings and loan scandal back in the 1980s. Took the U.S. government over $1 trillion to bail out all of that mess. The money that the government spent would have bought 5 million average houses just to bail it out. And, and, and yet, one of the main people in it was George Bush's son, Neil Bush. Never spent a day in jail. Now, now, now see, that's an integrity issue. And I, and I know many of you love Clinton, but see, Mrs. Clinton couldn't trust Bill herself. So, so by the time you get past that, see, everybody has some issues, but, but when you're in leadership, and if you can get by those two, money and sex, them, those are the two that catch most people just on the external with that integrity of just stuff that people can see between money and sex. And most of the time, when you can't trust a man with money, you can't trust him with sex either. That's one of the things I found out just in business. When a man cheating on his wife, you can't trust him with your money. He'll cheat you just as sure. He'll lie to you just as sure. Because, see, he just came out lying to his wife. So if he, if he just go lay up in the bed and lie, what you think he won't look across the boardroom and lie to you? It's the same thing. So that stuff is integrity and it carries through. And I have just found out if a man not faithful on his wife, he's going to cheat you every time. I guess just by guarantee it. So that stuff becomes a spirit of integrity. But the higher you go sometimes, the more blurry the lines get because you, you're more educated. You can pay for higher lawyers. you got more smooth talk. But God sees all this stuff. And we've got to have integrity. I'm just going to give you just, just seven keys that will just, just help you just right quick. Number one, just tell the truth. Turn to the person just to tell the truth. You know, if you don't lie, that'll just keep you out of a whole lot of mess right there if you just don't lie. So just tell the truth. Second key is this. If it cannot be made public, don't do it. See, sometimes you got to wonder about, look, if you can't, if it can't be made public, that's a real good sign that you've got no business doing it. When you got to hide it, usually there's something wrong with it. Number three, if you can't tell your mom about it, don't do it. Now, now, now that's a real good key. Just simple as that. When, if you about to do something, you can't tell mom about it. That you know, now, now, I'm not talking about if you're married. You don't have to go into all the details. What you Just like I wouldn't tell my mother what Pudding and I do because I don't, you know, I, I wouldn't, my mother, my life, my life fall out if she knew some of the stuff Pudding did. So I can't go into all that. I can't go into all that. But, but, but what I'm saying, at least I can tell her, I can tell her that Pudding is, you know, I can, I can give them the gist, but I'm saying there's something if you can't tell your mom about it, that's generally something you, you shouldn't be 
doing. Fourth thing is, if you can't tell your wife about it, that's usually a sign that you have no business doing. Anytime you have to hold it back from your wife or, or, or women, if you have to hold it back from your husband, if you can't tell them about it, that, that's usually a bad sign and, and you probably shouldn't do it. Number five, if you say it, stick with it. When you put your word out, your word is your bond. In the old days, a handshake would do it. Now you can have a contract an inch thick and folks still won't stick to the word. If you say it, stick with it. Keep your word. That's one of the basics of integrity. Number six, if it isn't yours, don't bother it. And see, that covers a whole lot of areas. If it isn't yours, don't bother it. And number seven, if you can't sleep over it, usually it's something you have no business doing. If it's keeping you up at night, usually it's something you have no business doing. So it's just these basic things. You, you all, God's word will give you a guide. But this is just some practical seven keys about integrity. That if we can learn just our basic integrity, even within, I'm not, I'm not talking about the world. I'm not talking about out in the political arena. I'm just talking about in the church where we can at least, I can say, all of you who want to receive Jesus, stand up, come on out, and just leave your pocketbooks right there. That's the way we need to be able to do in the church, because if you can't trust folk in the church, where can you trust them? Come on now. But first, you need to be able to trust folk in the house before you trust them in the church. I thank those of you who have joined us today, who are listening or watching this message. If you would like to hear this message again, you can go to airjesus.com. This is message number 5305. You can send it absolutely free to a friend at airjesus.com. Message number 5305, unquestionable integrity. We thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. <laughs>